0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Man, We're Too Old For This, here on the Nerd Eternal Network. I'm your host, the experience of some called Jason, and with me today, as usual, is...
1: CDL-113, the droid you're looking for,
0: and the Todd father. And today, we're going to talk about replacements, specifically in comics, uh, when they'll swap out an old favorite with some new character, uh... If you listen to us much, I'm sure you've heard us complain about Foster Thor a little while back. Uh, but today we're going to try to concentrate on times they've done that that we enjoyed it. Hatred uh, of knockoffs is well known. Yes, yes. But every now and then, they tell a good story doing it, even though... even if, But even if you enjoy it, you go into it knowing it's going to be temporary. But, so we've all picked out, you know... Either our favorite or at least one we really like. Uh, I'll kick it off with, uh, let's see, this was back from, oh, 90, 91, 92, something like that. In Thor, they brought in a character named Eric Masterson. He started off as just a supporting character. Uh, Right through there, you had Thor running around without being able to change back and forth. So, I think S.H.I.E.L.D. helped him come up with a secret identity or something. But it was just, you know, him walking around as Thor in regular clothes. Uh, after a while, something happened. He wound up merged with, with Eric Masterson. So then, you know, he'd be Eric Masterson. Bad crap would go down. He'd swap basically swap places with Thor. Well,
2: the trick is Thor had, Thor had murdered Loki. Well,
0: Thor, that got, that's the trick. Thor got himself banished. Yeah. And then you just had Eric Masterson with the powers.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, they didn't change... He wasn't one where they drastically changed his suit. Uh, You know, the boots were different, and he had a little mask portion on his helmet. But, uh... But he was enjoyable, because they did, they did him as kind of a rookie hero. So you'd have him screw up, you'd, you know... Or, there was one fight with the Absorber Man where he just kind of let him go. Uh. I think just to minimize the damage. But, uh. And at first he was trying to keep it a secret that, you know, that it wasn't the real Thor because he didn't want nobody to freak out. And I think he wound up confessing to Cap at some point. So, you know, he's running out with all that power but not the experience. Uh. And really, it was just really well done, except for the fact that no matter how long he was doing it, he never really seemed to get over the rookie hero part. Even when Thor came back and he got a separate weapon and was his own character, he still didn't seem to develop. It was almost like uh, that hero guy from the show Heroes. It's like he ought to be better than he is, but he just he never quite got over that. Uh... But he was also fun because he would have these... He would have moments where he'd snap. Uh, There was a really good fight with Gladiator during the... uh, uh, Operation Galactic Storm. You had a scene with the Juggernaut that was fun. Though by that point he was already running around his Thunderstrike. Uh they had a few years earlier killed off the executioner and you thought had destroyed the blood axe. Well, you had the blood axe pop back up during that storyline.
2: As a villain? Yes, yes. Shot was known as blood axe.
0: Yes, it was not a very original naming conventions, but, uh, by the same token, when that storyline was over and Thor was back, Odin made Eric Madison a mace. A mace called Thunderstrike. So he immediately went out and became a superhero calling himself Thunderstrike, so... it, it I guess that was just how the writer was. Uh, one thing I always find interesting is, you know, everybody, especially after the movies, everybody's familiar with the Infinity Gauntlet miniseries. You know, big crossover event. Well, it was the Eric Masterson Thor that went through that. Yep. And he has another good kind of snap-and-go-off moment. Thanos makes the hammer disappear. Well, when that happens, he knows he's got 30 seconds and he's dead. So you having to lay into Thanos pretty good just with Thor's raw strength. Now, you know, it ends badly for him because it ends badly for everybody, but... He would have these little moments. My favorite individual episode, or issue, rather, is probably one with Hercules. Because Her- Hercules is wanting to train him you know, Thor, basically Thor is my buddy. I want you, you know, you have impressed me. I want you to live up to my friend's reputation. And he tries to trick, um, basically he, he wants to pit Thor against Quasar, who's another one of my favorite characters. So, you know. And he comes up with this lame mind control story that he tells both of them. Neither one of them is quite buying it. But the Enchanter shows up and you know, does her little mind control kiss thing on Quasar, whose powers usually protect him from mind control, but he's weak to magic. And you know, you just you have a good little brawl through there. You know, they sort it out. The two of them leave Hercules tied to the torch of the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> Which you know, they probably only managed because he 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 did feel a little bad about you know how things had kind of gone. Uh, and later on when he's running around in Thunderstrike You had a big storyline go around, go over in Quasar where he, he wound up in the new universe he got the star brand he came back he was looking for the quantum bands and Eric is who he goes to for help now he goes there thinking okay he's got Thor's power he can teleport me out where I need to go and yeah the Thunderstrike Mace couldn't do that it was it was kind of the cheap knockoff not like Matera Bill where he got the full yeah. full power pack oh Mace
2: the dollar store that's what we got
0: yeah. Yep. yep. But uh,
2: was it that he didn't have it, or that he did? Because uh, the few issues of Thunderstrike that I ever read, it was always like he didn't quite know how to use. Because I know, like when he would try and fly with it, you had plenty of scenes where he was kind of landed. It's like he threw it, go for a while, he land He threw it, go for a while, and land So it was almost like Hulk's leaps, just with the hammer, where Thor, you know. They went Yoda? back
0: to the <laughs> ideal of that he was throwing the hammer and just or throwing the mace and just hanging on to it. Yeah. The trick with that was he kept learning different things it could do because Odin hadn't told him what it could do and it didn't do the same things the hammer did. It fired okay. energy but it wasn't really doing lightning per se. Okay. Uh, it didn't have any of the weather control. It didn't have the teleportation. Uh, it would sustain him in space and stuff. You know, he didn't have to worry about environmental kind of factors, but...
1: His, uh, in, when they did the A-next books and his son ends up with the mace, mm-hmm. his son, from you know hearing stories about his dad, what his dad could do with the mace, picked those things up immediately. But he ends up learning to do some of the stuff that dad never did. Like
0: Well, he didn't have the mace, at least at first. He yeah. would use the mace to transform back and forth. But in his transform state, he didn't possess the mace. He just had powers. Yeah. Because yeah. unlike the hammer, the mace was tied specifically to Masterson, so when he died, it was supposed to be depowered. Yeah. Spoiler, he died at the end of the Thunderstrike book. Yeah. Which all tied directly into the blood axe stuff, because that storyline of him being stalked by that guy that you thought at the time. Turns out to be one of his support cast members. But You yeah. know, that bled through into the Thunderstrike book. He takes blood axe out and is packing the axe for a while. yeah. And, yeah. That's actually the same I like with the Juggernaut, because he decides, you know what, this axe, ain't, or this mace just ain't cutting it. Yep, and chops
2: all the Juggernaut's uh, helmet with, it's like, your head's next.
0: Juggernaut was not particularly worried about it, but his thing was he wasn't really there to pick a fight. Was, that was during the time period when uh, Black Tom was, you know, infected with that plant stuff, but hadn't gone, he hadn't gone full plant man, he was just kind of infected with it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Marco was literally just was basically making a supply run for like some medicines and stuff. So he was like, "Screw it, I'll just pay for the damages, you know, for for what's happened to the city. Just let me get my my crap and go, because you know, crime pays very well, apparently."
1: Yeah. Okay. When you're strong
2: enough and unstoppable enough, just walk into a damn bank, just take what the fuck. Mm. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, I mean the loans you could make with that Ruby is collateral alone.
0: <laughs> hey, so anyway, R- that's, probably my, that's probably my that's probably my all time favorite, you know, replacement character. Into the point that I even followed him into his into his own book. But uh who's, Who is who Oh yeah, we're doing Danny next. So Danny, who is your
1: choice? My choice would be Connor Hall. Uh, he, Green Arrow's son, and uh, when they have him pop up, you know, maybe four or five issues before they, they uh, had uh, Green Arrow die, and you find out that, you know, Connors, you know, was raised in a, like a Buddhist monk temple kind of thing, uh, but he was a warrior. He, you know, superb martial artist. He knew how to use all kinds of different martial arts. And, uh, he knew that, you know, Oliver was his dad. He just, you know, he was busy doing monk things. Well, when Oliver dies, he leaves the monastery and, uh, takes up the mantle of the arrow. And, uh, the tape they had of him I thought was cool because, you know, Ollie, you know, if he had to get down and brawl with somebody, he would. But it wasn't until the Connor Hawk thing that you had somebody that could, you know, if they didn't have the bow strung, you could use it as a bow staff. If he had it strung, he still used it kind of like a bow staff. And, I you know, it was one of the things that Arrow, the TV show, when they did it, I like, oh, they're they stealing that from Connor Hawk run. Mm-hmm. And, uh when he started out, he pretty much just used bladed arrows or blunt arrows. He didn't have the gimmick arrows. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if he didn't have to fire an arrow to solve the problem, he wouldn't. You know, if he could just knock somebody out, you know, hand to hand, go toe to toe with it.
0: Best I can it, recall, it, he was really only using the bow because that that was his father's thing, and he was replacing his father. You know, he'd been trained on it. It was one one of the weapons he'd been trained with. But he was a martial yeah. artist, kind
1: of above being an archer. Yeah. And, and being raised in a monastery, you know, he knew how to use his words to solve a fight. If he could talk somebody down from fighting, you know, he would. And, you know, if you're used to watching Oliver do his thing, you know, he'd just jump into a fight, start firing arrows. You know, he was, you know, shoot first, shoot second, ask questions last, you know, kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And Connor was the opposite. He would ask, why are you doing can we not solve this? Oh, you're going to use violence against me. Well, I'm going to defend myself. You know, it was, he was kind of like a polar opposite and you follow him through, you know, several different story arcs where, you know, he ends up, you know, helping the justice league and, you know, Superman and Batman are kind of like, Oh, cool. You know, no problem. And you've got some of the other, you know, junior justice leaguers that were like, wait a minute, why are you accepting him so easy and you gave us a hard time. you like, Wally was like, you, you gave me a hard time, and you gave so-and-so a hard time. And Batman just looks at him and goes, because he's competent. <laughs> you know, Batman knew the monastery yeah, that, yeah. that he was from because he had went there to train in some special form of martial arts. And he, he's like, he doesn't need the bow and arrow to do this job. You know, I'm the only one. He couldn't take hand, hand you know, strength. But he could take the rest of you out if he just... Felt like it. Yeah. In their life.
0: I never did collect the uh, Connor Run of Green Arrow because, you know, it was Green Arrow and that basically makes him like Aquaman to me. But uh, but I did like it. Like, you had the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern running around, who's
1: probably my second favorite replacement character. Uh, yeah.
2: I'm actually surprised you didn't
1: pick him. Well, that was one of the things. You, know, you always had the Hal George, Oliver Queen, you know, Green Arrow, mm-hmm. Green Lantern, buddy. They even brought These the old two- logo
0: back for a, for one
1: storyline. Yeah, and you had Kyle running around and him running around and they ended up being real buddies. And it was just, you know, Kyle was one of the ones that, you know, was like when Wally brings it up, you know, why, you know, we've been here for a while. Why, why don't you give us the respect that you're giving him? Confident. And uh, Kyle Rayner's like, "What do you mean? I've got this ring hey. And then the next thing you see, you know, Batman's already, you know, had the ring off of his hand. It's like, see? He could do that. It's like, okay, okay, my bad. But, you know, when, when you have them as a duo, they have that same comedy feel that Oliver uh, How did. But one of my favorite things was when they started prepping to bring Oliver Queen back from the dead, you had uh, Connor go on a, like a soul journey to heaven to find him and uh you got oliver standing there in the middle of this field and pulling the bow and you can't see a target anywhere and he's letting the arrow go reaching down getting another one just firing and he's like what are you shooting at that target way over there and so he he says come on let's take a walk and he walks because he had been standing next to a target and there were several targets here and there as you went he, they walk for, like, you know, mile. And there's this target. It's got all these arrows stuck in it. He's like, how are you doing that practice? And he goes, try it. And, you know, his arrow only did not make it anywhere near that. He's like, if you stay here and practice long enough, you can hit it every time, too. And it's one of those things, well, Dad, we need you. But I'm happy and content here. No, you don't understand. Such and such. What? And there's that, you know, classic Ollie temper, like, Wait, no, i got to go back now. But it was just one of those moments, you know, that father-son moment, you know, that zen moment that Ollie had finally found that peacefulness that he had always wanted but never could do in his real life. And because his son, when he would shoot, he could shoot further than you had ever seen Ollie do, this quiet, calm, you know, zen attitude. But when Oliver does come back, he's not quite as zen, but he still can shoot further than he should be able to and it frustrates connor like sit and meditate you know in my mind when i before i fire an arrow, i'm not getting anywhere new as far as you are and you're angry how is this so it was just one of those moments that, i'm only happy when i'm mad yeah I'm it, so when he was in heaven he was calm and happy and could do all these crazy now you, you had a bat back. i
0: can't remember if it was a batman storyline or it was a batman Green or a crossover thing we you had this big kind of, mar- it was all your big top tier martial artists. Yeah. Where Connor wound up coming in second to Lady Sheba.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you had, uh, it was, oh, the different, was it the, the monkeys? You'd had different classifications, you know, jade monkey, the emerald monkey, such and such. So it, whatever it was, you had different things. And the paper monkey, I think, was one of the most, the more fragile, the monkey, the more dangerous they were, and it—it it was one of those kind of things where you sit there, okay, this dude is no joke. You know, Batman knew what he was talking about. I, you know, I yeah, because he, he you
0: know, he held his own against Lady Shiva, but only by going like purely defensive. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I would never have beat her. She'd have wore me down eventually.
1: Yeah, but even Shiva gave gave the you know gave him credit. It's like, okay. You're Kung Fu is strong, you know, kind of kind of moment. And it was him. You know, like He sparred with Batman and realized, okay, he can beat me, no problem. But I can, you know, like with Sheehy, you know, I can defend myself long enough to either try and get away or not die. I
0: you want to say me. the one thing that saved his life there was Robin basically walked, the Tim Drake Robin basically walked and went, no, no, let him live, but you owe me one.
1: Yeah. Because you had a yeah. storyline
0: where where he had beat basically beaten her to death and or you know damn near to death and had to bring her
1: back while he was juiced up on something. Yeah. And he had fought her one other time, and it was when he first got his bow staff, he carved a little notch in the end of it in a hole, and he got ready to fight her, and when he spun the staff, it made like a whistling sound, like a chirp. And she's like, What the and he nails her and knocks her out. And it was like Okay, little Robin, you won that fight. I'll give you credit. I'm, you know, I'm not even mad about it.
0: Well, the whistle thing he put in when he was fighting, uh, was it Blind Serpent? Yep,
2: King Snake. King Snake. It was King Snake because that whole that whole thing comes. Shiva is the one that trained the Tim Drake Robin how to fight because that was that Robin miniseries after right after he was introduced as a new Robin. I've actually got that one. Yeah. And she was hard on him bowstaff staff because she was wanting him to learn a weapon to kill you, yeah. And he picked a stick, and she was like, eh, "You still, you basically still all booed up, basically with Batman and your whole non-killing thing."
1: Yeah, but when she, when he, you know, knocks her out with that singing stick, she's like, "Okay, it, this works for you," and that's why he, she owed him one. Well, no, the old thing he was yeah, training somebody thing. else
0: got juiced yeah. up on something that made him more than human because. She was your top-tier martial artist, but at heart, she's still human. Freaky martial art-level human, but still human. So, you know, he had martial arts training, and then he was juiced up on something that I can't remember if it was derived from miracle or what it was. Because I was collecting some of the Tim Drake Robin through there, so I had that story.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was the Miracuru or whatever it is that they talk about in the Green Arrow books. Yeah.
2: Well, it comes from Our Man, the the original book. 'Cause that was that was the whole thing with that Robin miniseries is she she agreed to train him, but she was gonna want something. What she wanted to do was be a killer. Yeah. And he wouldn't do it. He never did beat her. She never did even really respect him because yeah, he didn't really he didn't really kill but the, the thing that left them on amical terms when he carved that little whistling thing in his Yeah, that's how he beat King Kingsnake, Kingsnake was blind. Cause he killed the black guy that was revenge on him that was part of their little team and when he fights tim tim basically hangs that staff up and has it spinning so he goes to the thing and it ends up where kingsnake is like hanging by his fingertips off a ledge and shiva pops up then and is like sweet get rid of him and i'm the most dangerous because her whole thing was being the most dangerous fighter mm-hmm. in the world and kingsnake was currently the number one and her thing was, if I train you to kill him, then you are essentially my weapon, so I kill him. And he wouldn't do it. He walks off. And she's kind of standing over him, and then you hear Kingsnake in the background scream. Yeah. Because the next time you see Kingsnake, Kingsnake has had to have final reconstructed because she dropped his ass off that butt. Yeah.
0: She's a stone cold killer.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, you, have, you have Kingsnake fighting Batman in that book, who ends up beating him because he had weighted, he had waited the scallops in his cape. Yeah, popped him in the head with him. He starts rustling his cape, so when he comes toward the sound, yeah, he pops him in the head. With him. Yeah. I won't say that, that, hell, in that, in pre-52, you find out Kings lake is actually Bain's daddy. Too, yeah, I know
1: they were playing yeah. around with it. Anyway. <clears throat> well, it, w- it was either going to be uh, Thomas Wayne James or, or, or Snake. yeah. But, yeah, Connor was my favorite replacement character for an existing character. So, yeah. that's why I was...
0: Yeah, I remember him in the 90s. I, I liked him, all right? <clears throat> I thought it was interesting that he started off without any of the gimmicks. But...
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't until well into the thing. uh was Justice, type, Justice, Justice League headquarters that, you know, you had folks busting in, going to you know do everything. And he couldn't get to his bow and quiver so he knocked open a, a glass case that had his dad's yep. bow and all the gimmick arrows. And when he, the first arrow he pulls is the boxing glove arrow. He's like, oh, dad. Which, but he fires it anyway. Time gimmick. And then afterwards, they're like, you want to keep that? He goes, nah, put it back in the case. He, he went back to his standard, you know, bladed and blunted arrows. Got to go with what you know. Yeah.
2: All right, Todd, what do we got? My guy is Mister Terrific, cause you know I hate knockoffs, but he's one of them that I didn't know he was a knockoff when I first saw him. So I was like, "Oh, he's cool!" So yeah, I'll go with I'll go with Mister Terrific. Uh, created in 1997 uh, by John Ostriner and Tom Mandrake, his first appearance is actually in the Spectre which looking him up I was kind of shocked about. It. Uh he's the third smartest person in the DC universe. I don't know when they when the hell they ever did that test, but apparently they did do the test, and he's the third smartest. Well, it's comics, that sort of thing happens. He's behind uh Luthor and Batman. Okay. Uh he he's been he's been the uh chairman of the JSA now. And I kind of liked him because his because his origin was so damn dark. It's it's rare that you have like a hero that their shit kind of starts out with being suicidal. Okay. Yeah, tragic. <laughs> he
0: lost, usually, but not suicidal.
2: Yeah, he lost his he lost his wife and an unborn kid in a in a car accident. And yeah, he's like made him an atheist and all kinds of shit. So yeah, he's real, just kind of yeah, as. Whole God thing I ain't I ain't rocking with it. He lost. I was reading up on him. He lost his brother as a at an early age, so he was already kind of leaning. Then his wife and unborn kid. Yeah, he's like, yeah, hell with all that religion crap. It's all about it's all about the middle. And apparently, he's one of those typical DC humans where they up to the utmost because he has a natural aptitude natural aptitude. He's got fourteen PhDs and what is it say? Eight masters degrees. <laughs> so he has a natural aptitude learning skills to take people like a life normal people like a lifetime. Yes. He has fourteen PhDs, uh, two in engineering and physics, including doctorates and masters degrees in law, psychology, history, science and mathematics. And on top of that, he's a expert martial artist. Well, he's a gold-winning Olympic decathlete. Truthfully, reading his bio here, it felt like some white person was guilty about how shitty black characters tend to be, so they looked all the shit that should have been like on multiple characters into one dude. This
0: motherfucker's perfect. What he sounds like is an old-school pulp character.
2: Hey, he sounds of, like Doc
1: Savage sound, or some of them.
2: Yeah, Tom, he does sound kind of Tom Strong.
1: <laughs> well, considering, you know, the original Mr. Terrific was kind of that, you know, he was kind of like the Golden Boy, you know, fair play, you know, but, you know, he would beat the Nazi. Yeah, uh, the crossover
2: I saw was the two of them beating the little shit out of Clan. I think that's when I became a fan of the character They had some kind of story in JSA. It was like, ah, he dumped him in the middle of a cross burning. Well, it's going to be special. Yeah, he beat the shit out of. It. Like, this
0: is the dude I can get behind. Yeah. Well, getting back to his origin, uh, you never did finish, t- you, you never did finish, t- you, you mentioned him being suicidal and popping up in the Spectre, but you never did say how those things intersected.
2: Oh, uh, he he's met by the Spectre, who told him about Terry Sloan, the original Mr. Mister Terrific, Terrific, and he was inspired by Sloan's life story. So that's what caused him to, basically go, eh, I'll be Mr. Terrific.
0: Well the Spectre, you know, I I wanna say they conversed on a bridge that he was thinking about jumping off of.
2: My thing is, well, like I said, I was I was late to the character the mm-hmm. character was already well in JSA before I ever ran into him, so it's not one I can say that I saw him from the beginning. But uh though though reading that it makes me wonder how the hell do you still not believe in God you've talked to the Spectre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, that's that's kind of Tony Stark, and I don't believe in God. Uh, I how the the hell you been on a team with Thor and Hercules. Yeah, yeah, they're gods. You know, you can sit there and go, that's just another dimension. You know, technically, heaven may be another dimension. Gods.
0: <clears throat> well, the, the trick was, uh, and it may have even been the bridge his wife died on, I forget, but the Spectre talks to him, and the reason he tells him about Terry Sloan is Terry Sloan was suicidal at one point. Was he? Yeah. He had an He... As a normal person, he was always the best at anything he put his mind to. Then he joined up a team with a bunch of super people. And he... Uh, and he never yeah, felt like he was more than mediocre on that team. And it, it and it, it really kind of screwed with him.
2: He had a PIM. Mm-hmm. And I remember I always hate PIMs thing. But he was alright until he got on the team with the Avengers, Thor, and all that kind of shit. Then all that
0: you know, now he he worked his way through it and got over it, but uh, and he had a habit of popping up in the '90s, cause you know, terrific met him a couple of times through time travel. Yeah. Uh, every year in the Starman book, you'd have one episode or one issue where Jack talked to his dead brother, and one of those times. It was basically like a big banquet dinner they went to with like all the dead JSA members. And they were
1: talking to people. Yeah. The, if you ever read any of the JSA banquet dinners, they would you know having you know colleagues that you know long dead or yeah. they crossed the dimension and have. You know, this is before everything merged into one DC universe. Oh yeah, way would, back in the day. Well, way back yeah, in the day, they, you
0: had the JSA JLA yep, yearly yeah, Thanksgiving probably. dinner.
1: But they would also have, you know, like, dinners with other folks on certain holidays. You -hmm. know, things like, okay, that's pretty cool.
2: I know for a while I was reading Mr. Terrific's book, The Terrifics, which was basically DC going, well, Marvel ain't going to use the Fantastic Four. We're going to create a Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. It was pretty good because the last issue that I read of it, and it's kept going, I just haven't the virus stuff, I haven't kept up with it. Uh, at least I think it's still ongoing. I, I know think I
0: heard they were bringing stuff. it to an end, but I don't know if
2: they have it yet or none. Uh I know at the end of Doomsday Clock, because, you know, the JSA was no longer part of, like, the mainstream universe. Mm-hmm. And in the end of Doomsday Clock, that was the big thing was they brought back the JSA, and I know Terrific was, was part of the team when you see them. Well, Terrific uh, was still running
0: around in New 52 and stuff, though.
2: Yeah, I know. You when you see the GSA, at the, end of the, clock, you, the thing is the Terrifics. Yeah, he was running around. He was running around with his own team with that. And the last, the last issue that I'd read was he was actually happy because one of the alternate Earths they jumped to in their adventures, his wife was alive but he was dead. So you had a Mrs. Terrific. And... Um, yeah and when he ran into her yeah they booed up she came back with him, because you know both of them the whole thing was you know my the love of my life is gone oh well in this world i died and you became a superhero and this one, you died i became a superhero. why not be superheroes together so because <laughs> that was the thing she didn't have spheres she had another shape can't remember if they were triangles or something she had like the little t Thing, was but, scary, yeah, but yeah, but they
1: were different. They were a different shape. I think it was triangles because she she called them spheres, didn't she? I forget what in the hell she called them
2: damn things. But yeah, they I know they weren't spheres because. Sphere. Okay, but yeah, his a little circle. Hers were another shape. But I know the last episode I read it was like him, her, uh, metamorpho, the metamorph the metamorphic dog they had, the Phantom Girl, Plastic Man, and Plastic Man's son were like all jumping out. No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. How, hey, this is a fantastic... Four. Yeah, yeah, I read Yeah, read About it. Yeah, it was... And, you amazing. know, when I'm looking at the cover, I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, this is a fucking fantastic form. Yeah, I have read articles about it before, and they were... And, and, and DC was basically going, well, yeah, Marvel. But, but I like their choice for, you know, their version of the thing. You, and the Plastic Man, yeah. He just, you know, I, I like how when he looks at the rest of them, he sees them as a cartoon character, you know, they would be, because that's how he sees things. It's like through a cartoon window. But, yeah,
2: I'll, that would that would be my pick. Because that was that was a knockoff that I didn't know was a knockoff. I mm-hmm. guess it's a little less so considering it's DC and their whole thing a legacy hero. I well, not to look also right as-
0: the original had been out of comics for decades at that point. So yeah, yeah.
1: And yeah, uh, I looked
0: it up. Yeah, the apparently the Terrifics are ending with issue thirty in September. Okay, the last three issues gonna be digital only. At least that's as of this article
1: in May. Okay. Yeah, if you saw Mister Terrific the original, it was in the old All Star Squadron or in flashbacks with some other character.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like they kept popping him up just enough to keep his copyright. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: they did that. They they did that with a lot of this Justice Society have before yeah, yeah. before they did the big revamp and it really got popular again. You'd have these little mini series pop up every right now and then.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, other than that, you know, my favorite might have been if I'd stayed at the GSA it would have been J.J. Thunder God. I loved him.
0: <laughs> Just say, say you. What? Say you love
2: Satan? No.
0: Somewhere I've got the issue where he winds up with Thunderbolt because it happened in a flash issue.
2: Yeah, because he got an autograph and took the pen, did he?
0: And the yeah. original JJ was keeping the thunder. who was senile at the time, was keeping, keeping the Thunderbolt stored in the pen. and He was waving it at Jay Garrick, the original Flash, telling him to walk his dog. and Jay wound up taking the pen from him. And then wound up letting JJ J. get it.
2: Yeah. I like JJ J. just because he cursed so much.
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah, he cursed a lot. Oh, well, on the side. Nah, JJ star- was a snitch. Stargirl and Captain Marvel are dating, and, you know, he's the one that lets the society know about it.
2: It's because it's creepy. <laughs> so he, was out, he was out fighting pedos. On the Star Billy TV. was just a boy. Yeah, when he wasn't Captain Marvel, when he was Captain Marvel, he was a. Man.
0: It's just a very awkward Damn. conversation when Jay pulls him to the side. How old are you, Captain? Like thirty?
2: What are your uh, intentions here? Well, I I plan to see if she'll let me see her bare naked. <laughs> What?
0: I've oh, got the no. wisdom of Solomon. Dude had like 300 wives. Which doesn't sound very wise to me, but
1: who am I to critique? <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, uh, Stargirl TV show, when uh, the star, star Spangled Kid carries the new star Girl to the Justice Society thing, you know, you've got all the, the, the gimmicks or costumes or whatever, and the pen is sitting on this little stand. Well, she goes back and takes all that, because her idea is she's going to start a new Justice Society. She's got the pen and she's sitting there clicking it and nothing happens and her mom's coming. She sticks it over in the pen, in the cup holder on her desk. So that pen is just sitting there. I keep waiting for an episode where the brother yeah, it's, gonna be a our it's gonna be a brother. It's gonna be an asshole he, bro. He comes in because he's just like uh, the one that Todd likes so much. He comes in, he's gonna come in and get that pen and click it and bam and he's got power. You,
0: you you can't use a thunderbolt unless you're the seventh son of a seventh son. Your show can't get anything right,
1: Eddie.
2: Well excuse me. You don't know how many bastards they
1: had. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a fair point.
2: I had six more kids, but they all died in a school bus crash over
0: In Smallville. Somebody wouldn't save them. I don't know what was going on.
2: What ha- what happened to that last kid? I ate him. What? <laughs> I ate him. I went. I had a kid look just like him, cause you know, cause we need this kid to be the seventh son of a seventh son. Yeah, I keep waiting for a little brother. I would prefer them do JJ. They can't do JJ on be it, doing JJ on on normal television. Be about like the way they did Negan.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Negan was rough, but not as rough as. Yep. yep. Well, you had to buy the DVDs. If you bought the DVD, if you buy the DVDs with Negan. Yeah, it's fuck, 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 fucking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he recorded it. It just didn't show it on yeah. normal TV. Yeah, more normal cable. Yeah. But yep, yeah, that's that's my pick, Mr. terrific.
0: Well, and right before we la- wrap up, anybody got any honorable mentions? Like, for example, we mentioned Wall- Kyle West? Kyle Rayner. He'd be my, you know, he'd be another one of my favorites. I like the Wally West Flash. You know, there's a, there's a few others.
2: I'm surprised nobody mentioned Wally. I'm surprised nobody mentioned Kyle. I'm nobody. Well,
0: who would be who would be your honorable mentions then?
2: Hell, yeah, just said hell. Probably, probably pretty it'd much. probably be Wally because I don't like. I said I don't tend to. I don't tend to like the knockoff. There are things that like Bucky Cap did that I thought were kind of funny, mm-hmm. but I couldn't actually sit there and go, "Oh wow, well, I really like." B- yeah, I spent all the bucket cap capital- before Steve coming back. Yeah, basically the same way I did with Sam, and you mm-hmm. know I've never liked the replacement Black Panther. I've never liked the replacement Hulk. And it's yeah.
1: I, I guess my honorable mention would be when you had the death of Superman, and you had all the others pop up. Well, I'm Superman. I'm super would be Superboy. I just thought he was funny because you know he he was trying to act like he was you know the man. <laughs>
2: you should call me Superman.
1: He, you're 10. Jazz
2: name.
1: Yeah, you know, you're a teenager. You know, what are you? But he was trying to mack on Lois Lane. He do the You know, it's just like he would have these awkward teenage moments and not, you know, he wasn't getting embarrassed by it. He was like, he was getting mad that nobody would take him
2: serious. He just, I copyrighted the Superman name, so legally I'm actually
1: Superman. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he, he was one of those, you know, knockoffs that, you know, crack me up. But yeah, yeah, I like I said,
2: I if, if I had to pick somebody, I would go, I'd go Wally. Okay.
0: Well, we'll go ahead and wrap here then. So, uh, if you like what you heard today, like, like. subscribe, tell people about us.
2: Uh, like, share, subscribe. He his
0: phones up before we started.
1: Yeah, someone did. Oh, yeah. At least it waited until the end. Yeah. The one time he gets a...
0: Now I get telemarketer calls all the time. Man. Just go <laughs> let that rock, huh? You cut It'll off. Our... I don't know what
1: you said. It'll be our exit music. I said, oh, you
2: just go let that rock, yeah, the, hell with, the hell with throwing that in another room? we just gonna let that one ride. <laughs> eh,
0: yeah, we're about done. By the time I got up and got to it, it'd probably be finished anyway. <laughs> so, anyway, again, I've been your host for the day, the Experience Some Called Jason, and with me is Ben.
1: CDO113, the droid you're looking for who remembered to silence all his phones.
2: And the Todd father who's sitting there going, Damn, who wants to talk to you that bad?
0: <laughs> Telemarketers that are foolishly think annoying me will make me give them money. and anyway we will see y'all next time take Take it easy peace